Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Some of you may have figured out we're not home yet. We're only halfway there. Mother's interrupted the course of her journey. Why? Yeah. She's programmed to do that should certain conditions arise. They have. Seems she has intercepted the transmission of unknown origin. She got us up to check it out. What kind of a transmission? Acoustical beacon to repeats at intervals of 12 seconds. SOS. Human. Unknown. Ash, can you see this? I've never seen anything like it.
up the volume till your speakers start to shake. You need a second take. Uh, excuse me, waitress. Uh, what meal did that man there eat? <laughs> the pie? Okay, yeah, no pie for me, thanks. I'm Sebastian. <laughs> it's like the goddamn tropics in here. I'm Andy Shostler. Micro changes in air density, my ass. I'm Jordan. <laughs> and welcome to our review of Ridley Scott's Alien, which I think is actually encouraged. I think it's next week it's Ca- James Cameron's Aliens, not, yeah. but just for the sake of it. I was... I was rather amazed at Mel Brooks <laughs> at, no, at how similar he made his scene to, to the scene. In, it's in the Hale. same actor, isn't it? It's John Hurt yeah. as well. And he even you know breaks the fourth wall and, oh no, not again. <laughs> I, um, a bit of insight, forgot to look up a quote. And as the, as the intro song hit and I realized, <laughs> Seb, you've had so many, so long to look up a quote. What do you say? And for some reason, Spaceballs came to mind. Right. I don't even know if that was the right quote. Waitress, waitress, <laughs> what did he have? Uh, the soup. <laughs> that's what I ordered. <laughs> Good shit. I think that's honestly one of the only scenes in that movie I actually laughed at. I didn't laugh Spaceballs. We reviewed oh, oh, it. Spaceballs, really? Yeah, I didn't laugh at any scenes in this movie, to be clear. <laughs> Funnily, Spaceballs came out only eight years after Alien. I thought you say eight months, eight years. No, eight years. It's an. It it's looks 19, older. Nineteen eighty-seven. Spaceballs. Yeah, looks older. Absolutely. Oh, I wouldn't think so. I do. <laughs> <laughs> I think Spaceballs looks like it's yeah, a much older film than this. Maybe Obviously, should, it's not because it's parodying it. Maybe we should review Spaceballs. We did again. No. Oh <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, those are the before times too. Jordan wasn't even here. Alien. All right. So I was, I was speaking um, off air with you guys, but just it's incredible how much of the Alien franchise you remember that isn't in this film. And the first one, yeah. So it, it started everything off, but everything famous, uh, you know, the, the Ripley with, with the xenomorph right in her, right in her face, mm. uh, the exoskeleton, um, all that comes from, from the sequels. Comes from the, game over, man, game over. <laughs> Not in here. Yeah, all the no, good no shit's in the next one. Because <laughs> this movie is just a flat out horror film. And next film, next week's film's the horror slash fucking action slash like <laughs> this. This is my anxiety film for me because right. it's just jump scares. Yeah. Whereas next just week is jump scares building. with guns, <laughs> which is so much better. Honestly, yeah, a jump scare when a character has a gun, I do genuinely feel better about because as scary be as it can be, I know that they had a fighting chance and maybe we'll get a little bit of an action scene out of it. And what if they're genuinely triggered though? And they get the jump scare and, uh, and set off the gun and shoot one of their mates. That happens. I'm it assuming. Happen. Is it next week? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, um, my experience with this franchise actually comes more so from one of the video games that came out. Um, did you guys ever play uh, Alien Isolation? No, I don't think so. So it's it's one of the newer games. I think you might, as of now, it still might be the newest game out in the franchise, to be honest. It was on PS4. So it's within the last four or five years it's come out. Um, you are playing Ellen Ripley's, I want to say niece or daughter. Don't correct me. I don't care. Her last name's Ripley and you're a girl. <laughs> you go onto a space station and it's in lockdown and you don't know what's happened. And you pretty much got to work your entire way through while talking on comms with people. And there is a xenomorph on the ship. And what they did was they designed the xenomorph um, throughout the game creation. So it has like a specific line of sight. It can hear specific things that are done at specific volumes. It learns to 
so when you effectively the game is it's a hide and seek game you cannot fight this thing if it sees you it attacks you and you die like the whole game is just i need to not be caught so it enters a room and you might hide under a table and you might do that a lot because hiding under a table works but then the program after the the made the thing after a certain amount of times of not seeing you when you're hiding on a table the xenomorph will then start to look under tables because it's kind of trying to you know emulate that it's learning from past experiences with you and is actually more interesting than possibly the game itself but they they designed it in a way that the game knows where the player is at all time but the xenomorph doesn't the xenomorph knows where you what region you are in at any one time and the game does the game ai will feed subtle clues to the xenomorph to let it hone in to maybe find you really it's it's not just a delayed finding no no so right yeah like i said like um you might make a noise like to distract it in one direction so the xenomorph knows it hit here's a noise in this one corner the game knows exactly where you're seated so there's one version of the ai that says like that person's under that table hiding the xenomorph knows you're in this room but it hears a noise over here so it goes to check over here and the game will through its layout give subtle you know, bits of cohesion towards the xenomorph to point it more in the right direction to give a better chance of it finding you it's fucking terrifying because when it gets you it jump scares you to death <laughs> and it can do things like bur- stab its tail like through your character and your character just looks down and realizes there's a tail through its chest um it does Ooh. the thing where its tiny mouth comes out and does your head in and it's just sneaking around this abandoned space station there are a couple of survivors here and there which are great because if you can make noise in their general direction you can you have this lovely view of the xenomorph come out of the fucking ceiling <laughs> and kill them all um the ship um is also weirdly associated with the, um, is it Whalen Corporation? Yeah. Whalen Yutani. Um, and it's filled with androids that look like actual androids. They don't look like people in this case. And they will also kill you if they can find you. They'll okay. beat you to death because they're there to preserve the alien. Because much like in this film where we find out with um, Ash, it's, it has a job there to keep this, to get the thing back to yeah. a certain place. Um, and it's a really fucking good game. I can't finish it because it scares me. I'm so bad with horror. I don't even know why I bought this game. Because <laughs> I, no, I bought it because it looked incredible. And it is incredible, but I'm too anxious of a gamer to play it. Well, Seb, I mean, uh, without being funny about the whole thing, you've just described what Alien the movie is all about. Yep, just in a smaller ship. That's that's exactly what it is, yeah. yeah. Find us on Instagram. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But yeah, I, I do recommend this no, no, game I mean, for the it's record. A, it's, a, it's, it's just a, not for me. It's very simple. Story. I mean, just like just like Predator is a simple story. It's just a guy hunting a yeah. predator while being hunted by the predator. Mm. Uh, that's that's all this is. Yeah, it's a very very simple story. Done yeah. beautifully though. But yeah, it's told like, very well. Very atmospheric. Mm. Oh, absolutely. Nice soundtrack, subtle. I'll I really like a movie that's like just set in one small location. Yes. Yeah. Because you can Great focus, storytelling you can, you device. Can get yourself in there, and okay, mm. I know that place. I'm familiar with that. That looks like that room that I know. Okay, and, I you, can, and you kind of get a good sense of you know yourself being there. Yeah, really good visual designs as well. Like the actual mm. internals of the ships, both the um the space jockeys or the what do you want to call them? Their alien ship. They're miners. Yes, but they're not minor in size. They're probably a bit too big. Ah uh-huh. ha um, but also then the actual, the Nostromo, um, Ripley's ship there. Um, great design work in a sense that while everything looks like it belongs exactly where it is, 
they did a really good job of making everything in the ship also look like the alien. So it hides in yes. so it's it's in so many fucking shots of this film where it, you're just looking at the alien, but if you yeah. don't know that you're looking for it, you just don't see it as part yeah. of the scenery. scenery. There's the, a lot of lot of steam for for a spaceship. Very, There's yeah. a lot of steam. <laughs> what everywhere. about the rain room? <laughs> Remember the rain room? <laughs> that was just cooling from the. Well, when you're hibernating, you need to feel like you're at home sometimes. Yeah. Oh, but. Yeah, good visual design. No, I, weirdly I, enough, I interpreted that as you know the ship is so old and the company doesn't care about maintenance that it's just falling apart. I I went with the cooling system, the yeah, aircon. Yeah. It's maybe the engine gets too hot and they have to freeze it. I don't know. Who cares? But it leaks and it creaks, and, and you can stand yeah. under it, and it's definitely not radiated. Apparently, <laughs> somehow, um, that feels good on your face. But I mean, like jumping to the end when the alien stowaways on the escape ship. Like there's a whole series of pipes that all look like the alien's head mm. and one of them is the alien's head. But there's a couple of other scenes throughout that in the film where the alien is just part of the shot and they'll cut away back and forth between the character and this other shot, character and this other shot. And it's not until it starts moving that you're like, oh, then, no, there it is. Yeah. Um, but I mean, we'll get into that, I guess, more so when we go through the actual plot. Will we, Seb? Probably, I will. <laughs> I just want to say, it's a nice design movie is my bit of trivia. The it movie is, looks no, it good. Is, it, it really is. And, it, and it's Ridley Scott doing what Ridley Scott does. And that's going to insane detail to build the world mm. or uh, layering, as, yeah. he, as he calls it. Um, and it definitely it definitely comes off because everybody everybody involved in it, not not just for the audience, but all the, all the actors on stage, you really get a sense that, they exist in this in this yeah. world, and they're reacting to to things, and they can give a better performance because they're really there. Yeah, it's. I mean, obviously, it's a set; they can you know see out of half, it. <laughs> <laughs> but they're really there, and they can really you know, envision that. Yeah. Um, the film is uh, successful, hmm? successful in every single it way. Should be. They made seventeen of them. <laughs> Uh, it carries an 8.4 on IMDb. Rotten Tomatoes near perfect critical score of 98%. Mm. Uh, an audience is 94. So not bad at all. Again, everybody's sort of in in tune. Uh, read into that what you will. <laughs> <laughs> whether Rotten Tomatoes was only recently broken or whether there is <laughs> g- genuine discrepancy between critics and, and the audience uh, these days. Uh, and off a budget of 11 million dollars, it made 108. Wow. Nearly 10 times its budget. So, success. Talk about profit. Yeah. And not hugely successful. I mean, 1979, it took $100 million. That's pretty good, but it's not a blowout success. I wish like literally 10 times its budget. Anything I did was that successful, <laughs> is what I would like. That's my personal preference. Is that okay, man? <laughs> and weirdly, the original budget was $4 million, hmm. But then Ridley Scott did some homework, uh, presented his, you know, he did his PowerPoint, and he blew everybody away. With his storyboards, and they doubled the budget mm. there to eight million. And okay. then he said, "Yeah, I'll take three million on top of that too." <laughs> the old sneaky sneak through the back. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> it was it was so bad. Um, he was under so much scrutiny at the start of production. Uh, there were nine producers on set, all scrutinizing how long he was taking to to nine film, film scenes. Nine bosses. Yeah, it's like Office Space. Nine bosses each telling you, have you submitted your TPS reports? There's a problem with your TPS reports. <laughs> That's fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> I'm annoyed when one of my bosses speaks to me yeah. at work. <laughs> Nine. Oh, fuck. He did all the handheld camera himself. Okay. Um, in That's fact, cool. that was that was one of his criticisms of Blade Runner because this was filmed in England, 
in okay. in London mm-hmm. back when they used to make films there. And 1982, Blade Runner, that was done in the States. And he, Rid, Ridley Scott had a, had a horrible experience uh, directing in the States because he's used to doing all the camera work himself, but mm. the heavily unionised right. um, uh, film industry in the States prevent him from doing that. No, 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 we have guys to do the, the camera work and you're going to use them or you'll... You know, forfeit your funding and, and such. Yeah, so unions like, just don't work, guys. <laughs> no, they don't. Moral of the story. But in this one, he did all the every handheld uh, bit of camera. That's really scum behind it. Yeah, that's really cool. Yeah, I only really noticed one scene um, where the handheld work was really obvious, and that's towards the end where uh, Ripley is running through the corridors. Oh, ah, yeah, uh, yeah. And and the camera's following her around the bends. Other than that, I didn't really notice much handheld camera work. I'm sure it's there. It just it mm. just wasn't obvious that it was it was handheld. Thing. Yeah, it's very steady. I've weirdly mm. been watching the Rex series of movies. I know it's a horror movie, it's weird, but they're great though. And the first two are handheld. Um because they're all found footage films. Ryan. Except for the third one. <laughs> which is half-hand found footage. And then at a certain point, the camera <laughs> breaks and it just turns into a movie. Ah, yeah. lovely. Um, That's clever. Well, yeah, they were, they were just, I was just like, oh, this is a different thing. That's fine. <laughs> There's no reason to like, if you don't want to make it a handheld, there was the same the same two guys wrote and directed all three of them. But so did far. the editor fall asleep and accidentally <laughs> press the grain on button? And <laughs> now, no, like, now there's no graininess in the film? The, they got, they get nice. attacked and one of them, the third one's at a wedding. Oh, and right. they get a, there was a couple of different like compilations of different photographers and stuff there. But the yeah. one that you're following mainly gets attacked, drops the camera and it breaks and then the film just turns into a regular shot. Like mm. well, it's, it's Spanish. I but, actually like that idea. That's really clever. Yeah. Mm. But the first two films were all handhelds because they were like, the first one was about a reporter and the mm. second one was about like a SWAT team who had yeah. um, like webcam things on them as well. Um, so- And so you're watching the foreign ones? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The, 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 I think, the, is it Quarantine? That's I the think that's the remake, US ones. yeah. Um, but yeah, this that's is what the, it was called. the Rex fun because it's like a zombie film, but it's also, a, it's, it's a religious film. Okay. It's the, the zombies, it's a demonic virus. Someone is possessed- and then, then they bite people, they get infected mm. with the possession. So it's literally a zombie film for all intents and purposes, but it's actually about demons. And there's like a priest character in the second one who exercises yeah. someone. Like it's all actually religious. Okay. It's just like demon blood. <laughs> it's just like this weird, like, oh, sure. I mean, whatever. It's a zombie film. Like they get bitten, they bleed out of the eyes, and they bite other people. Like it is what it is. Well, speaking of bleeding. Ooh, I love I love how you have to segue back into this. Like, <laughs> I give you nothing to do with. Like, do you know why the xenomorph bleeds uh, acidic blood? That was early on in the in the development. That was decided on uh, because it gave a legitimate excuse why the Nostromo crew wouldn't just shoot the xenomorph whenever they could. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Of course, when they when they do, it bleeds out, and mm. you know the holes in the ship. Uh, it's probably a bad thing depending right. on how far down it goes. Mm, a little bit bad. That was a drop of blood when it went all the way <laughs> yeah. with like six and levels was, or some shit. And that was from the just from the the face hugger. Mm. It wasn't even the the fully formed yeah. xenomorph, which grew really quickly. Oh yeah, um, <laughs> I have complaints about that. All right, <laughs> no, I'll get into it now because you brought it up. Okay, we're in trivia, Seb. Do no, you no, have no trivia about it. My com- <laughs> I just want to raise the fact I do, I know it's an alien that's designed to do all this. Like it was genetically engineered, and I'm not going into the backstory because I don't care. My only problem is it never ate because to grow, it's going to have to actually put what in- What do you mean it never ate? They never recovered Dallas' body. Which one was Dallas again? The captain with the beard. 
who incidentally yeah, Harrison Ford auditioned for. Didn't they? But he turned down the role. Oh, I watched the director's cut. Oh. Dallas is, unless it's not in your version, Dallas. I, d- I did not see the director's cut. Dallas with the beard is towards the end of the film. He's like gooed up on one of the walls and he'd been oh. face huggered and he was, chest was hurting and, and Ripley flamethrowers him to death. Oh, that's nice. Um, but <laughs> it grew before Dallas got taken. It went from baby xenomorph into full grown xenomorph before any crew member went missing. We never see it eat. That doesn't mean it didn't eat. What, what would it eat? No crew members were missing yet. It went from baby to full grown when it kills the first guy. When maybe the, it doesn't eat flesh, Seb. It's an alien. I'm just saying. You've got it's an f- alien with acid blood. Why wouldn't it eat metal? Most bodybuilders. Mm-hmm. Why wouldn't it eat metal? The general rule for bodybuilders. It's a, it's a, Andrew, let me give my bodybuilder or facts, the, or that they're hauling. <laughs> you got to put in double the calories for them to to put on muscle than they do to hit to to maintain. Aliens don't subscribe to your pee on human form, Seb. Just, you know how many calories there are in a stick of titanium? Do you? Oh, wait, um, <laughs> you, I mean, you might. <laughs> the xenomorph will because that's what it eats. I was listening to a podcast with Brian Cage on it, Jordan. Mm. So Brian Cage, just imagine like the biggest wrestler you can ever think of. His his and then main- imagine that Brian Cage ate that person. <laughs> his daily uh, calorie intake just to maintain his body size is 4,000 calories. When yes. he's putting on muscle, 8,000 calories a day. Sure. This motherfucker went but from the size of a puppy to the size of a fucking horse in an hour but without eating anything. But you're, we don't see what it's eating. What is it eating? Maybe its know, size it's- is based on... Specifically, the air Sorry. in this particular ship. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> organic food. We evolved to to process organic food, but maybe it's not I'm the most saying. efficient. You're fuel. asking too many questions. This it's an alien. Alien film. goes. Uh, oh, this is a stress. This is a bit of a Look. long walk, but I'm going on it, Andrew. 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 Oh! <laughs> Conservation of matter. <laughs> in the film, it's explained that the xenomorph has been engineered. So, did they solve? It? The only way it can grow this much without consuming anything is if it's some sort of perpetual motion machine that just <laughs> creates energy without releasing energy. The ship is destroyed and nobody ever investigates whether everything is intact. Maybe there's an Maybe he ate a door. Maybe it's clever enough not to set off any alarms, but it does consume the ship. Why wouldn't it? Maybe. I mean, and that's why it's so strong but because it's, its exoskeleton is so strong because it's made of, you know, you know, know. organically bonded... Oh metal. Then I'll just say, maybe in the 17 films they made about these aliens, they should have shown them eating a door once. Thinking about it too much, <laughs> Scary. No, the problem is I'm thinking about it. Not too much, just at all. Well, and you can say, <laughs> maybe that's their intention, Seb. You make up your own story about what the alien eats. Well, it just doesn't make sense. You can't grow without input. You have just dedicated more time to questioning how it eats and whether it eats than the xenomorph had screen time in Alien. Of course I did. <laughs> Four minutes of screen time, that's it. And I was anxious for every minute of it. <laughs> oh, yep. The saliva famously was, was KY jelly, and I was surprised mm. to read that the tendons when they um, uh, in, the, in the jaw is actually just shredded up condom. Oh, Which makes actually makes sense because that would be quite stretchy and mm. quite you know, available. And, and Giga um, designing this as well probably would have been really into the idea of condoms going into his giant penis alien design anyway. Condoms, <laughs> KY jelly, it's a very sexual affair. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's like surprisingly all on point for the, what's happening. <laughs> uh, do you know what else was on point? The tail. <laughs> I was thinking about the pointiest part of the alien. No, Ridley Scott being a skullduggery fuckery kind of guy. 
uh, the chest exploding scene mm. where John Hurt is, you know, is gorging on his on his meal and very quickly he becomes a bit upset and he lays down on the table. So he he was he was put in to a prosthetic. It was just his his head and his arms basically in this in this table, and everything else was a prosthetic. He knew that there was real blood and guts that were going to explode, so he was prepared for it. But none of the other actors nah. did. They all came into that scene. They didn't quite know what they were. I mean, they knew they were filming the, the scene. Nobody had any idea. So when you see the chest exploding and everybody's reactions, especially the lady uh, playing Lambert, very forgettable character, by the way. <laughs> yeah, I literally did not know she was in this film again. No, it just kind of disappears in in the version of the non-director's cut. She just disappears. Yeah, she just I noticed that. That's it. Um, you know, Lambert, whatever, and you oh. never. You never Who's the, had, um, get any resolution, but she was. Everybody, uh, everybody's reaction is genuine. Nobody knew it was happening, hmm. and she and she had a little a little breakdown that day. I, I can tell you what happens to her. Actually, I'm just going to pull up who she was with, though. Yeah, she dies. She was with Parker, um, the 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 one African yeah. uh, man on the on the plane on the ship. They were the one who wanted more money. Yes, he was great. I loved him actually. Um, <laughs> him and the diesel mechanic from Down Periscope. Weaver, so sorry, um, Ripley's character goes into the cockpit to have a look for the cat. Weirdly enough, yeah, those you've got, to, you've got to get the cat. Those two, the woman, uh, what was the name of name? Oh, Lambert and Parker. They're kind of offloading a bunch of equipment, and Xenomorph steps between them. It goes to attack her. Parker's got the flamethrower. <gasps> she won't get out of the way, and then we just kind of cut away, and they're both never seen again. Aww. So, but but they were. He couldn't kill the thing because she wouldn't get out of the way and he'd want to flame her and she was too scared to move and it just sort of there. And then it, it turns on, oh, sorry, no, that it turns on Parker and holds him down. And I think we're led to believe that he's also killed. So like in, in the extended cut that I saw, their, their deaths are very clear. And if not, the ship explodes what anyway. shame. <laughs> so, hey, who knew that I watched the version that gave <laughs> Oh, yeah, I, 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 I didn't realize. I, I, I saw mine on, um, uh, on YouTube. I had my own copy. There were, yeah, there were no other mm. s- streaming services that, that offered it that I could find. Yeah, so I had an old copy, just somehow just sitting on my hard drive. I don't know where that one came from. Um, the one downside was it- for Oh, is that, is, is that you legitimately bought it and no, made, just it, made a digital <laughs> copy for- For myself. Yeah. Yes. Posterity. But unfortunately, the version I bought contained- I did not hard- share it with any of my peers. The hardest uh, part of mine, though, was it did actually- um, just for some reason, and I couldn't remove them. I'd had Russian subtitles on mine the entire time. <laughs> Speaking was of that Russian the normal subtitles, version? Did we all have the Russian <laughs> subtitles? Speaking I did of not. I missed out on that. Speaking of foreign languages, would you care to take a guess what most foreign titles translated back into English from? Like what the what the foreign what alien was billed as in in, in other countries? Penis. Alieno. <laughs> It was mostly alien. R, I guess. L alien. L alien. It was. It was mostly the eighth passenger. Oh, that's which cute. is also kind yeah. of mysterious because you see seven people on. Yeah, it, yeah. Who's going to okay. be the eighth? Um, the Hungarian one. The Hungarian title translated back to the eighth passenger is death. <laughs> oh, I like <laughs> that's that. Good. Spoilers. Yeah. Hungry spoilers. Yeah. <laughs> um, good cast actually. On the note of. Like yeah, passages. Um, Ian Holm, obviously. I mean, I most know him as Bilbo Baggins. What does he do again? He's the android. Ash. Oh, the android. oh yeah, yeah. What? What android? There's no android in this film. Ash? No. The android? No. It's a man that magically turns to robot because the, uh, the alien has uh, infected everybody with its, with its super brainwaves. 
Oh, is that a fan theory? Yeah. No. <laughs> I was like, for a second, I was like, is this only in the director's cut version no. that I have that he's bleeding milk? It's, 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 it's funny that Ash is um, an android and it's a revelation to the crew that he is, mm. but it's kind of not a big deal. Yeah, they kind I, of gl- gloss over it pretty quickly. Which <laughs> makes sense because they're all being hunted by this, by this alien. They and, do have okay, bigger fish to fry, but... <laughs> let's deal with that first. But Ash is kind of behind the whole thing. He mm. orchestrated, at least up until this point... Um, not necessarily the crew member's death, but certainly the xenomorph's preservation. Yeah. And, and stopped them from, from being, being, being able to kill it. Yes. <laughs> Sorry. Were you throwing to me? No. <laughs> I can answer. He's, yeah. I mean, he's, he's, he's creepy from the start. Yeah, you can tell he's a bit of a weirdo. Where Dallas is... Uh, um, John Hurt's character has been has been uh, sucked on by the by the facehugger. He's there on the, what an idiot on the table. <laughs> Ash breaks quarantine in order to get him in because Dallas is behind it. But uh, Ripley is saying, "No, no, no, it's not protocol." And I, I hear exactly what you're saying. It's not going to happen. Yeah. And Ash overrides it, so he gets him in. Then they try and get the facehugger off, and Ash is like, oh, "Let's let's not be hasty. Let's figure out what's what's going on first. We may kill him inadvertently by trying to get this thing off." You know. And all the time, he knows exactly what's going on. Yeah, exactly what the. Do we find out from. ever why Waylon knows? Oh, I guess it might be in the Covenant movies are, are prequels, right? Like all those what, those modern day ones. Well, as far as this film is concerned, it's not explained whether whether the company had foreknowledge of the Xenomorph specifically, but Ash seems to know quite a bit about it. Mm, yeah. So maybe he's interacted with it before on a different crew, and mm. then. This time they want to capture it. Yeah. So Ash may have interacted with it on an, on a on a different voyage um, and brought back the information. And now on this trip, the company is, has said, okay, if you find it again, or maybe even diverted the the ship while everybody was in in hibernation, in order to to go past this alien, mm-hmm. now you're going to capture it because we want to experiment with it and potentially weaponize it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Messy. Yeah. It's fine. I actually like the Whalen Yutani company as like an overarching villain for the entire franchise. And to the point like they even were in the game as the bad guy there. The only downside is have you guys ever seen Alien versus Predator? Yeah. At the very end, it's like, oh, a gun. Oh, Mr. Yutani would like to see this or whatever. Like, it's like, fuck off. Like, this is stupid. But I do like the idea of like the real villain here is capitalism. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> like who who knew that the the, the xenomorph itself was a, was like some sort of communist mascot? Why? That's not capitalism. No, the xenomorph Isn't is that? the the Bailey Yutani wanting to steal this thing, you know, through all costs. Ah, uh, it's a, it's a definite. That's not capitalism. The evil big corporation. No, a communist dictatorship would. Could potentially make the but same it didn't, decision. Andrew, it's not, but it didn't. Unfortunately, <laughs> because communism is so silly that it died out in this world. And capitalism survives because it's legitimate. <laughs> All those now, recessions would, are fine, right? <laughs> I would argue that the that the real villain of the of the thing is Ash. It is Ash. Yeah, and it kind of and it's weird because the the villain is is uh, offed in like two thirds of the way through. Yeah, and then, and then you're just left with Ripley um, dealing with the xenomorph. Um, this is kind of a common piece of known trivia, but I'll say it just in case anyone is new to the franchise. Um, the original script, from my memory, didn't actually have anyone's genders assigned. It was Everyone's referred to as their last name to the point that I believe in the original writing, Ripley was meant to be a male, but it never, it never matters in this film who's a guy and who's a girl. Mm. And Sigourney Weaver obviously 
had a really good audition and they ended up putting her and in the lead. She was yeah. a fairly newcomer. Everybody yeah. loved loved her reading of, mm. of, of Ripley, yeah. Mm. But yeah, the, I guess the point there is yeah, they, they literally did blind casting because it's just, here are everyone's surnames, genders yeah. are irrelevant, let's just see who fits the right role. And she's fucking badass in this. Yeah, and it's, and great. it's great for the universe as well mm. uh, because it, it shows that they genuinely don't care about gender. They'll expend anybody to, to mm. make a buck. Yep. It doesn't, it doesn't matter who you are. We don't care. Was she security? Off- what was her actual role? Because she was pissed off at the captain for she, letting the guy in. But the captain she was, was overrided f- by the scientist. She was the third officer. Okay. And by the end of it, she's the only officer. Well, yeah. <laughs> I'm okay. But she, yeah, she wasn't the navigator or anything. She was just, you know, the third person in charge of operations yep. to make sure that everything went along. She was, she was probably, you know, the woman who was sent to do stuff when the captain was in place and Ash was in place, yeah, she would go off and check things off a list or whatever just to make sure everything's plugging along nicely. I I, I liked that there were buttons and paper and in, in this, uh, not so much paper, but definitely buttons and switches and dials. Yeah. It wasn't all digital. Oh, mm. Another good thing that that game does as well, yeah. it keeps all the same yeah. really 80s sci-fi aesthetic the entire way through oh, that's to cool. the point that even when you go to save in the game, you'll walk up to a terminal and your character will have to like put in what effectively looks like the cross between a key card and a cassette tape into this machine. Oh, really? Which happens in real time. So if the alien is coming for you and you're going to save, you're putting the thing in and you're actually like red light, red light, red light, green light. Now you can save something that you can get killed while trying to save the game because <laughs> it's all happening in real time. Oh, it's anxiety, cool. the game. <laughs> uh, a quick apologies if there is sound of rain picking up on the speakers. I can't hear any, but just in case you are listening at home and you can hear that, sorry, it's it's raining. Welcome to Brisbane, where it rains every, seemingly every other session that we record in. Like, have you noticed? <laughs> yes, and yet it only rains seven days a year. Yeah, but it, it waits for us. <laughs> like it's- it knows. Um, yeah, I mean, do we, is there any more, any other notes worth going into before we get into the actual I thought plot? we'd already started going into the film. Have we? I will just give them I mean, a we're talking about deaths and Seems. where everyone's gone. <laughs> there was no transition, really. We just did it. Look at us. So well oiled that I wasn't paying attention. <laughs> Um, yeah, good film. Um, very simple. A lot of the films we're doing in this in this last little batch, all these Ridley Scott films, are quite simple at their core. Yeah. Except, I, I guess that's not fair. Blade Runner was probably the most complex that we've seen that him do in in, in the stint that we've gone through because Gladiator was very simple. But it's not the film that's complex; it's the subject matter mm. because the film deals with it in a very in, plain way. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it addresses the very surface yeah. and then all that- There's a lot of deeper context that you could get into. Yeah, all that comes out if you even give it a cursory thought as to what is yeah. going on. This one, not so- I mean, it's, it's just a horror story yeah. for, the, for the most part. There's not really a lot going on in the background. Mm. They're, they're threatened after, um, you know- ec- Exploring this, they're, they're, they're woken up halfway through their journey. Mm-hmm. It's a bit of a surprise, but it's a perfectly legitimate part of their their, their scope. Uh, they go off to exercise, and there's a little bit of concern about what's what's going on. Maybe it's a, maybe it's a warning or not. But by that time, they're already investigating yeah. uh, what's happening, and one crew member gets infected um, with this. You know, th- this thing just latches onto his face. And they break a few rules to get him back on board, and then they're hunted down by this by this alien that bursts out of his chest. Yeah, you know? <laughs> bold move getting rid of John Hurt so early in the film. I'd say, uh, comparatively to some of the other actors, but I, I don't know. Would he would he have been a big thing at that time? What what did he done prior? Because he's probably one of the most well known actors in this film, maybe bar 
Oh, Sigourney Weaver herself. Seventy nine. Yeah, I think yeah. he. I think he'd had a little bit of a career at that point, but certainly not huge. Yeah. Very well known in Britain. I would. Uh, right. Yeah, yeah, that's also true. Um, it's it kind of a oh. surprise that he didn't show up in Star Wars. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting fact. I've got some uh, some fun trivia. So he the the year prior. Um, actually voiced Aragorn in the animated Lord of the Rings. Starring, of course, in this film with Ian Holmes, who would later on to go to play uh, Bilbo Baggins in the uh, Peter Jackson. Look, oh, look yeah. at that. I've pieced together two, pe- two pieces of information. Um, <laughs> yeah, I can't see anything else that I recognize him in, though. Um, before that, I mean. But obviously, yeah, he would go on to be a household name, very much yeah. so. Never like a heartthrob or anything like that, though, except for, you know, myself. Good John actor. Hurt. I love John Hurt. <laughs> what? He voiced the uh, uh, the kids, um, the storyteller. He was the original oh, storyteller. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The what? Yeah, the storyteller. What are you talking? I don't know what you're talking about. He would tell stories. Yeah, but is that a TV <laughs> show or a movie? Yeah, it was. A, it was a kids' TV show. Okay. They, they like did uh, Greek fables and things like that. Yeah. That um, was nice. Yeah. Okay. I remember that. I don't recognize anyone else from this Lord of the Rings animated series. I uh, didn't even know that existed until you mentioned it a moment ago. I've seen parts of it before. It had a really, I'm going to say gross animation style. I just didn't like how it looked. Yeah. Um, but it's also, it's Lord of the Rings and it's two hours long. So I get a lot of that efficiency. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, it's, it's only really uh, John Hurt and Ian Holm and Sigourney Weaver who went on to have famous careers. I, don't, I didn't recognise anybody else from anything else other than the... Um, uh, yeah. The the white guy who was um, who was disputing about pay, Harry Dean Stanton's in it. Who's he? He plays Brett. Or do you mean who the actor is, yeah. Harry? Who, yeah, what what does he do? I'm um, pulling up his career for us, but I think he was in Green Mile. Yeah, he was in the Green Mile. All oh, right, okay. Yeah, but um, not in a notable way. I think he's the warden. Uh, that's it's been too long for me to think what the role he played. Right. Oh no, he was Toot Toot. Which you'd know last from when I did my game oh, yeah. show. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you guys remember Toot Toot, right? Do I ever. Um, looks like Didn't it was at the s- time, funnily enough, but I do remember now. Good. Yep, I can't see any. Oh, he's in Twister. Yeah, he played the state of Cleveland. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, I'm sorry. I'm looking at the animation. I'm looking at the bloody trailer for the Lord of the Rings cartoon and I, mean, I just want to punch it. It's so gross. I don't, I don't know what, what else could be said about Alien because it's, it, it is a very atmospheric film. Yeah. And visually, there's nothing that's really noteworthy. Like, it's, 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 it's good. Mm. Perfectly good for what it does. You know, it is a, a film. It's not like you can have you know, the sound and not the film or the other way around and, and get yeah. anything uh, meaningful out of it. Uh, well, can I complain then? Sure. <laughs> when uh, this isn't a complaint, it's more of a question, and perhaps I've missed something. So, Ripley blows up the ship at the very end of the film to escape. Um, Alien is supposedly on the ship, so she goes away in like a little escape pod sort of thing. Whatever. It turns out the alien has stowed away on her small ship. Ooh, very creepy. Is it stuck? Because she goes to fuck with some controls and its arm shoots out and she realizes, holy shit, it's on the ship with me. And she goes and walks and hides behind a glass panel, which she is fully visible and silently tries to put on a spacesuit because of her plan to, you know, get this thing shot out of the um, the airlock. But it's like it grabbed for her. So it knew something was there. It's also hunting her. So it definitely knows that she's there. But for some reason, which I can only summarize with she's the final girl. So it's going to be okay right now. <laughs> it's 
very slowly kind of pulling itself out of the wall. And was it stuck? <laughs> I kind of- I guess so, yeah. yeah That's I'd, what I figured. I kind of interpreted it in, in the same way that the Terminator ends, where, you know, the um, the- the machine is kind of its legs are damaged and things, and it's kind of crawling through. It, you know, its mission is to get Sarah Connor, and it does that in any way it can. And so it, yeah, it's crawling along, and it's slow now because it's incapacitated, but it's still trying to go through it. So mm-hmm. in, in the same way, it's still trying to kill Ripley because if it doesn't, you know, she may she may kill it. Mm. Um, but yeah, it's not exactly. A maneuverable space for it, it was, and and in stowing away, maybe it had to crawl yeah. through a space that was not big enough for it. So that was my only thing, because I was like, but if it didn't do it, it definitely would have died on the Nostromo when it, um, yeah, yeah, when it uh, self um, self detonated. So it had to do this, uncomfortable though it was. It was just yeah, because if that alien was like it was for any other part of this film, it would have killed her, yeah, yep. very easily. But it was just for that last scene that. Seemingly, it was just incapacitated for some reason, which I don't think was clearly portrayed to us. And that's the fact that was like, oh, like I literally turned to my wife and watching. They're like, this is the part of the film where she survives because it's Ripley, because she didn't do anything to stop it. She didn't weaken it. It was just like, oh, I tripped. I'm stuck. And now you can you have enough time to hide behind a glass wall and get changed into a spacesuit. And it wasn't even like hunting around and looking for her or anything. And she was acting really quietly, like she thought it would potentially hear her, but it grabbed for her prior. So I know it knows that someone was there and it started away on her ship. It knows she's there as well. I just didn't get, yeah. That's my only real criticism of this film because that felt mm. convenient. And I feel yeah. as though you would just write a different scene. Like I, I don't think that scene can work where she knows it's there, but it doesn't know she's there because they also, at the same time, had it know that she was there. So I, I don't know. I think they just possibly. I, no, I, that's fair. Yeah, I don't think it hurts it. It was just weird. Didn't bother yeah. me too much. I was yeah. just like, "Yep, it's stuck." Okay. Yeah. If we had a scene where its legs got broken prior, great. But maybe, we didn't. That's what maybe I mean. that's in the director's supercut. <laughs> oh god, really four-hour long one. <laughs> I'll see. If, I'll see if I can actually find a, a key list of differences between the cuts because I'm actually curious to see what I saw oh. that you guys didn't see. Mm. Um, well, I'm, I'm I'm happy to move to, to verdict. Let me just let me, I'll pull up the differences if we sure, can. Just to sure. yeah, I'd be interested to see that. Um, da, 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 websites that are loading in real time. Okay. So, do, do, do. sorry guys, every list requires you to requires you to like click onto several pages. <laughs> of course. All right. So apparently they add a scene where Ripley tries to get rid of the cat. <laughs> oh. Um, in another, Dale and Brett are shown being turned into alien eggs. That's not true. They were, they were, they were, they were plastered onto the wall, but that's the scene I told you about where the captain was. Oh, uh, yeah. Oh, that's the other thing. The captain like is like, he pretty much says that using directly, please kill me because he's sick because he's stuck to the wall and there's a chest burst and all that. And she's like, oh yeah, flamethrower. I was like, that is not the way you want to go out. <laughs> I know they didn't have guns, which is another thing. They didn't really have guns in this film anyway, did they? Maybe flaming it burns the acid blood as well. <sighs> Maybe, I don't know. It just looks cool. This yeah. Is, yeah. That's all this I don't mind the flamethrower against the actual alien. It was just like flamethrowing your your colleague to kill them is like a He's rough way of doing it. He's already dead at that point. Um, apparently- it's actually shorter than the, the theatrical cut, the director's cut, 
Which is weird because I, I, they added a whole scene. They must have cut a lot of other useless shit. That's strange. Yeah. Oh, well, I can't see anything that really stands out. It just looks like a couple of bit extra bits of dialogue here and there. Um, maybe a bit longer when they get onto the actual planet's surface before going into the uh, ship itself. Yep, yep. Um, but it looks like they just cut out a bit of the fluff. Yeah. Okay. Bear with, ignore me. We'll go to verdicts. <laughs> I thought there'd be like interesting changes because I had this whole scene with the captain's fate was revealed, but apparently that was it. Verdicts? Yeah. Let's verdicts. do it. You heard the good, you've heard the bad, a lot of opinions, a couple facts. It's verdict time. Pretty good. I actually quite enjoyed it. I'm more keen for next week though, because from memory, Aliens is the, the good one. This isn't the bad one, don't the get me wrong. Actiony one. The actually one, Bill Paxton's in it. It's a bit more, it moves out of this horror thing, which I'm not a fan of, into thriller action sci-fi. Sure. Um, and it's just me. I've been over it a billion times in this show. Horror is not my scene. And this is much more into the horror. So a lot more of this film I'm spent waiting for the horror scenes to go away so I can enjoy the character <laughs> scenes. Next week, I'm pretty sure there's a girl named Rodriguez with a machine gun, and that's 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 good with me. That sounds dope. Yeah, that's exactly what I needed in this film. <laughs> a machine gun? A machine gun. Hordes of aliens. The the thing that set up that entire franchise of video games where you just run around shooting aliens, like Alien vs. Predator, the arcade game. <laughs> this next film coming up is the movie that does that for me. Nice. Um, but yeah, that's me. Yep. Uh, yeah, definite recommend from me as well. I really liked it. I hadn't seen it in a very, very long time, so it was almost like being a fresh viewing. Um, yeah, really good. I liked it. And I like, like I said before, I like how it's all set in a really tight area, which is, it just gives you that sort of creepy atmosphere where like, obviously you know that the alien's going to be around somewhere. Um, yeah, I'm very much looking forward to next week because I don't actually think I've seen Aliens. Mm. That sounds like it's going to be a fun little ride. <laughs> oh, it's, sorry, it's... Uh Private Vasquez, not Rodrigo. Oh. I just I just went with a really stereotypical <laughs> uh, Hispanic name and I was wrong. Cancelled. So, yep, you got me. <laughs> it's a strong recommend from me as well, but with the same proviso as uh, Blade Runner, uh, both both Blade Runners for that matter, is that dedicate your time to watching it mm. and, and be focused yeah. uh, in watching it and that way you'll get the most out of it. Mm. Um, one thing that I really love about this film is the, the soundscape. Yeah. The atmosphere that all the... All the you know, the clicking buttons and the switches and the, the music as well. It does that. Um, you you could. Everything's very deliberate. Yes, it's a, it, it, it's it's very weird to say, um, but this is a very good film to listen to. Mm. If you took away the visual, you only have half a film, but you could still enjoy it and get some of the elements of the, of the story out of yeah, it. Yeah, that's a good point, actually. And, yeah, there's a lot of tension building with the music as well. Okay, when people are just moving around and creeping around, you can't hear that because mm. it's meant to be sneaky uh, but you can still enjoy it whereas if you took the sound away you have and but you have the visuals you have no film at all because you really can't get a sense of what's what, what's going on just from the visuals alone yeah so it is it, it's a good film to listen to so have some mm. good speakers yeah or, that'd be good actually I wish I'd had like surround sound yeah. <laughs> or turn it up a little bit more than mm. more than is comfortable yeah or more than you would normally listen to just to Get all that. Get that extra little um, bit of atmosphere. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. Okay, I found a definitive list of the four differences between the films here. The, the director's cut and the normal cut, and it's fucking nothing, guys. Let's hear it. <laughs> uh, Lambert slapping Ripley in the face before being restrained by Parker and Brett outside the infirmary. Brett's blood falling on Parker as he's carried off by the alien into the heating ducts. 
Ripley finding Brett in Dallas cocooned while trying to make it into the shuttlecraft, which is the one thing I noticed. And finally, Kane pulls out and sets down a weapon of some kind while investigating the alien eggs. So nothing of value was lost. No, no, that's what they added. So that's <laughs> it's nothing. Like apart from the fact that, like I said, the only real key there is seeing that the aliens have cocooned. The alien has cocooned the guys only because I know in aliens that's a bigger thing. Um, them doing that to create more of themselves. Mm. So it kind of lays the groundwork that it will never just be the one. It will find a way to make more. Right. But realistically, this film can die without that. Also, yeah. live without that. It doesn't. It's nice, but it's. In a sense, it just re- takes away from a reveal in the next film, which is hardly a reveal because of eggs. <laughs> That's how eggs work. That is how eggs work. Find us on Instagram at Second Take Podcast, or if you live in the future, you can tweet us at Second Take TNC. Check out the Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash Second Take. You can also follow me on Twitter at Jordan MSPP. You can follow me at Bastion underscore James, our website, secondtakepodcast.com. Send us an email at secondtakepodcast at gmail.com or support the show on Patreon, patreon.com slash secondtake. Well, we'll be back next Monday with Aliens and we're back on this Wednesday with the Variety Hour. That's, that's how that show ends. <laughs> Second Take Podcast is recorded within the Moreton Bay region of Queensland, Australia, and acknowledges this region's original owners, namely the Jinnabara, Kabi Kabi, and Yugera people. Second Take Podcast respectfully acknowledges the traditional custodians of these lands, and we pay our respects to elders past, present, and emerging, for they hold the memories, the traditions, the cultures, and hopes of Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples. 